guess what, everybody? You just tuned in to Comedy Film Nerds episode 410. Welcome. Well, we're going to be talking about a lot of great movies. Uh, there you uh, go, buddy. Uh, oh, and Into the Microphone. Even. Uh, we're going to be talking about Annihilation. We're going to be talking about A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, a lot of stuff coming out on DVD, Graham. A lot of VOD, DOD, mm-hmm. BBD. Yeah. DOD, Department <laughs> of Defense. Department, of, defense Department is of Defense is a streaming uh, service DVDs. now. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're releasing some movies. Everybody's in the content business now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and we'll be talking about a very special film with the filmmaker. Oh. Mm, the Death of Superman Lives. The Death of Superman Lives. Um, mm. We should say this. Um, we're very excited to have this guest. Yes. We were going to have James Mane, who mm-hmm. uh, is a Samoan comic, who's from Hawaii. We he, we were we did a show with him in, in Oahu. He came out yes. to do the, the First Nation experience on Friday. He killed first ever Samoan doing stand-up comedy on American TV, which was great. Mm-hmm. He was going to do the show today, but Trump shut down the airport, and he didn't want to miss his flight. <laughs> it's understandable. <laughs> He's got to get back to Hawaii. You know why? Because it's nicer. <laughs> it is. I would like, I need to get out of here. Yeah. I, I can imagine not wanting to miss one extra day in Hawaii. Yeah. I need to get back to Hawaii. Yeah. But then a good, but, but happy accident. Serendipitous. Serendipitous. A gentleman we've been trying to get on the show for mm-hmm. quite some time. Uh, our friend Mark Ellis, who's been on the show from Schmoes Knows that we've also been on, was like, mm-hmm. you should have this gentleman on the show. Mm-hmm. And we said, oh, the one we're trying, been trying been to get. Trying to get. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, John Schnepp. Hello. <laughs> What's up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were literally like about two miles down the street. And he was like, hey, I can't do this because I do this other thing. I was like, yeah, totally. I said, one of the names sounds familiar. And then I realized I've known the guy for a long time. So yes. I was like, hey. <laughs> Writer, director, um, animator, uh, artist, all sorts of stuff. You guys you were are... counting your days playing video games till four in the morning. We yes. were, yeah, <laughs> we, we were doing that. Halo Brewster's house. Yep, Halo parties yeah. in the uh, Hollywood Hills. Yeah, and uh, that you're, sounds you're, really you're, creepy and weird. <laughs> like <laughs> Halo parties yeah. in the Hollywood. Hills. It was amazing. Yeah. It was before you know we could connect to the rest of the planet. So it was right. literally they were uh, like LAN parties. Yeah. Four Xboxes connected together and uh, comedians. Um, taking it far too seriously. Yeah, <laughs> the serious like wars about you know you can't use the pistol mill midfield. You know? Yeah, that's great. Like that. yeah, quit hanging back. You can't snipe people. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, Mike. you guys got into actual arguments about this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was funny, oh, but was most hilarious. of the time it was just incredible fun. I mean, that's right. I mean the ninety five percent of it. The arguments mm-hmm. were little little highlights. I'd say. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and uh, they would go for hours and hours and hours into the evening. Yeah. And uh, and they were, you know, sometimes it would be like a whole weekend. Or like it would be Saturday. No, there's a pickup game Sunday, too. Can you come back, you know, tomorrow? And it would yeah, go. insanity. Like yeah. Starting yeah. at 5 in the afternoon and ending at 4 in the morning. Right. Oh. Straight through. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Maybe a break for snacks. Yeah. Maybe not. You guys just <laughs> wear diapers? Or right. how did you do yeah. <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> I don't know where this diaper thing has come from. We're, we're men and we're playing games. You know, we're not babies. So. Yeah. Yeah. Milk cartons. That's yeah. what we use. Yeah. A lot of milk cartons uh, and pajamas. All right. Yes. So it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot yeah. Of fun. It was like mad talking shit, but you could hear the other people in the other room when you killed them. So it was like, right. It's a different kind of thing now when you are playing someone who's across the country right. and you murder mm-hmm. them. It's sort of not the same. Yeah, it's it's a way better to like you're in one room and you shoot somebody, then you hear from the other room, "Fuck!" Yeah, yeah. that's when that's it's cool. the kind of satisfaction. Yeah. and then you just yell, "That's right, bitch!" Or yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. You, oh, you didn't see me, did you? Yeah, yeah. Like ghosting somebody on a ghost, be like, "Yeah, sorry, you're dead." <laughs> you know, running him over. It's fantastic. 
Outstanding. Well, thanks mm. for joining us. Hashtag yeah. Blood Gulch. Yes. That was the map that we would play um, over and over and yeah. over again. Blood yeah. Gulch. Literally, <laughs> hashtag betrayal. You yes. Know, so like, <laughs> but uh, suicide. Uh, <laughs> betrayed. Um, well, this is good. We're, Chris and I were talking about this, and since Schmoe's nose is right down the street, mm-hmm. We're going to be tapping that uh, that group over yes. there for more. Yeah. We, need, we have more last-minute cancellations. Call them up, man. Be like, a lot of people yeah. are like, oh, yeah, I'll go over there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah, great. Grab them. Yeah. There's literally a, a pool of people yeah. for there. Just Mark, who do you got lying around yeah. right yeah. now? Who's yeah. got yeah. poolish mo's? <laughs> you know, be like, no, I'll grab this person. So, yeah, and there's Collider. There's all that, that, that little group right. is all right there. So nice. So. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's get into the first let's movie. Let's talk about Annihilation. Oh, yeah. okay. and uh, now I, I want to mention this: Annihilation and Wrinkle in Time both had some um, uh, racial controversies to mm-hmm. them, which was uh, which I found interesting because they're so vastly different films, uh, but they each had uh, some similar criticisms aimed at them, like. For instance, prior to the release, uh, Annihilation drew some criticism for casting Natalie Portman and Jennifer Jason Lee's characters who were in the books described as Asian and half Native American. Now, this is this is the interesting explanation. Garland explained that none of the five female characters' ethnicity is revealed in the first book, which is the only one of the trilogies he has read, and that the script was actually complete before the second book was published. So he cast the characters based on his reaction not only to the actors he met in the casting process, or actors he'd worked with before. Uh, and then this is uh, my favorite part. Because he wanted to take the story in his own direction, he did not read the other two books while making the film in order not to be influenced by them. So um, That's to, a he, great excuse for whitewashing. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he, he wanted as little information as possible to make his movie. Even just take, take the racial aspect aside. Sure. It's like, you know, if you... If you're going to make a Star Wars movie or a Harry Potter movie, wouldn't you want to know as much information as possible about the world before you actually made even your movie? Even if you decided even to if take it in another direction. Right, exactly. Right. Or even if you're only filming a small part of that world, more more is better when it comes to information. <laughs> I would argue the opposite. I would say, you know, like depending on if the author wrote all three books at the same time, maybe mm-hmm. that would make me want to read all three books mm. but i feel like hey if the author wrote the first book and then a year later wrote the second book why not take that same approach with adapting the film mm-hmm. and since he had already read the book he had already written the screenplay and was already in production without that knowledge i think you know it doesn't really alter it too much for me as far as i don't i wouldn't call it whitewashing i would right. say hey look mm-hmm. this was written with this frame of mind and if he if he was to make annihilation 2 I mean, without giving away spoilers, it's quite simple to recast everybody. I mean, you oh, like, sure. change things up quite, absolutely, quite, you know, quite a lot. So I, I feel whitewashing has become a, a very easy thing to complain about when it's really this, to me at least, is not the case of that. He, uh, he also said that um, he decided not to reread the novel Annihilation, the first one that he actually did base the book sure. on, because he wanted to adapt it like a dream of the book. So mm. he actually just wanted to really take it in his own direction. Now, what's interesting, too, about this movie as we get into it, like um, the race of these characters, would it have played a factor in the casting and what they are? It's not like you're casting like, oh, there's a, a white guy playing Black Panther. You know, right. it's not like where it's it's like this character has to be Asian, has to be Native American or has to be white. Right. And uh, so. But I, you got to, though, here's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I like this. Direct, I liked Ex Machina. Right. But. This is a this is a serious this is a sensitive issue for for, for good reasons like this has happened for for decades mm-hmm. so to 
to just sort of, if that's what it is in the books, you have to pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, I'm just sorry. That's just the world we live in. And if, you, if you're not going to pay attention to that, then you're going to take shit for it. You know, what's interesting, too, is because it was revealed later what the ethnicities were, do the ethnicities come into play more in the story in these later books? Like, is that part of the story? Like, because that's, for whatever reason, the ethnicities of these characters weren't revealed until later. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. I haven't read the other look, two look, books. Look, I'd say Ghost in the Shell is whitewashing. And it's straight up because they were like, we need to get a person who can open Could've a movie, used blockbuster, some... this, that, and the other. And that still didn't even work. Could have used some plot washing. Yeah, the movie should have been <laughs> like, hey, are we doing a good movie? Because right. it's like, <laughs> hey, why, not, why not just really adapt Ghost in the Shell? It's, it's like, I mean, that's what I was expecting. Almost like, hey, they're going to, when I saw the trailers, they're doing shot for shot type stuff i was like even with the miscasting of lead character i was like i want i'm hoping that they're going to do, do right. justice and they didn't on no. so many levels script washing yes. yes a lot of a lot of washing in the wrong way so yeah. yeah you know that i think is a failure while i think annihilation which is the this is the first i've actually heard that the, in the books there are mm -hmm. different races right i mean because mm -hmm. you literally could have swapped all of the races and mm -hmm. all of these uh, female characters in in the movie, and it would not have affected them because it's what was written is their character, not right. about their race, and even not about their religion, so to speak. It was about, and they're all there. The thing too was it's a good point. The, all these all these female characters had some sort of broken aspect to yes. them. Yes, mm -hmm. you know, which is sort of felt like that's what this. And we're gonna do a spoiler app, so we won't go into the, any right. details of the ending right. on this episode, but. But it's sort of, it's hard to say this without, but just uh, <laughs> as things are sort of more revealed, mm -hmm. the, the brokenness of all of these characters very much factored in. Definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of is, a, it was a cool spotlight to show that every single person has some demons or some right. things that they're dealing with. And, and also because it was well um, executed for as far as like uh, Garland's vision was, the brokenness of the characters also reflected um, what was going on outside, which is what good science fiction does. Right. Like, it, you know, the, the brokenness of the characters was a metaphor for really what was going on in the actual movie. So, well, let's start with John. Did you like this film? I absolutely love this movie. Really? Like is not even a term. Love this film. I recommend it highly to anyone who's a science fiction fan, who likes thinking people's movies. Like, you have to actually, it forces you to think, is what I'm saying. It's like, especially mm -hmm. the latter half than the first half. I mean, look, going from Ex Machina, you could say he directed Dread, which a lot of people are saying. But, like, let's just say Ex Machina first. I'm looking forward to his new – he's doing, like, some Netflix science fiction series. Mm -hmm. I think his work in the science fiction realm, to me, is really refreshing mm -hmm. and it's exciting. And this is a perfect sequel to Ex Machina for myself. Right. Like, it's moving forward on certain issues that he wants to talk about, mm -hmm. for, you know, obviously adapting other Speaking people's Speaking of which, books. he's uh, announced that he's writing the uh, Halo screenplay. Oh. Uh, I think he already wrote it. That was right. like 10 years ago or something. Well, yeah, yeah they're just saying on his, on his IMDb, it just says original screenplay, and right next to it says announced. Uh, yeah, this is weird, but that's, that's many years ago. That's Peter Jackson's Halo. Oh. I've done a ton of research on that stuff. All right. So but he wrote it. I actually have it. I have the script, and I've read it. And it's okay. <laughs> but it's very much not like Halo. So that's why oh, there's okay. a lot of beefs as far as even his original script. He just right. did his own thing. And it was like, it's not really connected to the Master Chief and all these other things. But anyway, right. let's, Annihilation, I think, 
<laughs> is we almost went and hit deep Halo dive. Yeah, right. There. We were talking Halo earlier. There's a whole <laughs> special Halo episode. But yes. <laughs> yeah, to me, I absolutely love the film. It sounds like you didn't like it, but um, mm-hmm. I loved it. So I feel like as a science fiction fan and also a film fan, I think it delivered certain things that I hadn't seen yet. It was new and original. Um, without you can't talk about it without talking about the ending. So it's. You know, a lot of people were referring to it. It's like a trip and it's like psychedelic and 2001. And there are aspects to it, but it's much more human to me, at least, than a 2001 was. I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as John, but I definitely had some problems with it. One of the problems I had with it was, too, I like going in on a movie knowing what it is a little bit more. Like, this was not a science fiction movie. This was a sci-fi horror movie. Sure. And there was a lot of horror aspects to it, which I wasn't kind of expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some really gruesome scenes in this movie, for sure. Um, so it went further into horror territory than I was expecting. Like, Ex Machina was a sci-fi, you could say a little bit of a thriller, but it was pure science fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie, especially from the trailer, this is like, okay, well, this is a, kind of a weird science fiction adventure. It's not. It's sci-fi horror with some very disturbing images in it. Um, I thought eventually the movie, like when you're talking about the ending uh, without giving anything away, I thought it fell into one of those traps of getting too bogged down in its own mythology to actually like get and like, wait, what's going on? Like it to me, it got a little bit too con- kind of confusing and too kind of uh, like existential for its own good. But that being said, I did like the movie. I thought it was uh, interesting. I thought visually it was interesting. I liked the characters. I liked what was going on with them. I liked the mystery of what was going on. Um, you know, they're going to the shimmer and like what's going to be in there? Why is all the genetic um, animals, why is everything changing? Like I thought that... All that stuff was interesting. Um, it made me want to read the book to kind of see what what else that didn't make it into the movie. Um, maybe not the whole trilogy. I'm just probably going to stop at one. So I uh, like the director. So, uh, right. <laughs> uh, but I did I did like it. So what did you think? Oh, man, I started out really really liking the film. Mm-hmm. I, I really I was like I was really drawn in. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, I've heard both. I've heard polarized. I've heard some. I, it's, yeah. it's very much a lo- very love. I've heard a lot of love hate on this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ending was my biggest problem. Okay. With it, um, well, we'll have to, you know, tune into the spoiler <laughs> to find <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> I feel like in the, in the in the broadest strokes here, I feel like it was it got to the point where. I there's too much 2001. It was like Tron. I, f- I felt like it was trying too hard to be like that. Like I see, thought you were gonna say Tron. It was too much like Tron. <laughs> it was too much like Tron. <laughs> Way there's, too many light cycles. I know. I, know, I just <laughs> and if they threw another laser frisbee, I was like, I'm out of here, <laughs> Annihilation. Oh, but it's a mutated laser frisbee. Right. We it's, get it. It's got skin on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that aspect, um, yeah, that's when I started to go. Mm, and I was starting to to feel like I'd seen some of this before. I like mm. I like the the thinking aspect that John that you're talking about the the, the uh, and and God how do I say this I, I got to talk so much around this but Natalie Portman's character her scientific background was interesting and how she was viewing what was happening in the Shimmer mm-hmm. that was really cool to me and mutations and how things are developing and why um the biology of it the biology of it Mm -hmm. and what is the shimmers 
what is the shimmer? Is it an is it a, is it a just a microorganism? Like what it like? Right. And that was what's the kind, causing what's it, causing it. And that was intriguing, and the sort of things that are being revealed along the way was intriguing. But then. Yeah, this it's it's hard to talk about it without spoilers. I, I I'll just say, right. just talking, yeah. just like, <laughs> like, like, that me, one thing where that one happened. Right. Like, mm-hmm. the, to me, it was less 2001 and more the thing in my mind as far as like if the thing had a consciousness. Mm-hmm. That's what I enjoyed about oh, it. Oh, that's it was, a good. That's a good a, way to look at it. It was such an yeah. alternate reality that some people. Why would you be able to understand what this thing is? Why why it's doing what it's doing? Mm-hmm. And why would it, even it's that that you know. Let's say the twenty-minute mark, all the way to the end, which is like kind of where the the two thousand one things start happening. Right. But I feel like, um, you know, the most difficult film to talk about without spoiling it. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the thing. Listen, we might talk about some stuff. We might want to turn this off and or fast forward ten minutes. Shut up already. You know, I can already hear people. He's gonna say it. He's gonna say it. I'm not gonna ruin it. Um, but you know, once it gets super weird, is where I I appreciated its decision. The, you know Alex Garland's decision to go that way because it would turn certain viewers off. Certain people will turn off because it is this very uh, non-human way of de- de- dealing with certain situations, and we've dealt with si- the situations up to that point in the most human way that they could. So I felt like even as bizarre things are happening throughout the entire film and all the characters are forced to deal with it with their own emotional issues being magnified. I mean, that's why to me it's such a success. I mean, I also feel like we're lucky here in the States. We get to see it in the theater. Everyone else in the, on the planet has to see it on Netflix. Right. So it diminishes it a little bit by not having this kind of this, the film, the cinematic experience of being taken up and having the entire thing well, going yeah, into the shimmer. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause mm-hmm. you, we, you get to be in the shimmer. I mean, I think that's a great point, John. And that's the thing aspect and sort of the the second alien movie right. aspect of it um, on top of the, the 2001. I did like that where, but this is, God damn it, this is like spoiled, but this is, this is when you introduce something that can't be explained, I guess I get frustrated when character they did this great job of setting up the shimmer's been around for three years right right and it's expanding and it's expanding okay so that's not a spoiler that's something that's just, that's early on it's mm-hmm. in the, kind of in the trailers so when characters are like it doesn't make sense I'm like yeah fucko like you, everyone should have been briefed upside down and back guess what kids it's it's upside down day you know what I mean like mm-hmm. that that kind of stuff is sort of like I'm, I appreciate Alex Garland introducing it and and saying, and it's it's a cool interpretation of if something like that we we're trying to ex, there's things there's got to be things in the universe we can't explain in our little three dimensional world here, right. you know, with a 24 hour clock and a blah blah blah, and a calendar and all these these multi dimensional things that we built that to we explain built. time it's, exactly yeah. Although otherwise all of it would be like I don't even know it's just yeah. nighttime shows up. How What's could you that? get to the podcast on time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that aspect. So I I guess it's it's where I started to feel like where I kind of had some structural problems because I'm like if you're going to introduce that then then I just and this is a pet peeve of mine. Chris knows this mm-hmm. when 
it's when a, when a crew of people are highly trained to deal with this thing and then they just act like bumbling street cops that like, you know, that's when I fucking get like, don't. But I don't think they acted like bumbling street cops. I feel like they set up the premise by like, no one has returned once they enter. So there's no, there's no way for that. No one to know what to expect. So no matter how briefed and well, though you're any one of these five things can happen. Oh, it's the seventh thing that we didn't tell you about. And that's how I looked at it is like every single one of them was picked for a specific reason. Yet all of them had also specific problems that they were dealing with mentally. And And because of the way the shimmer reacts to all those issues, it gave some of them their heart's desires. When you think about certain Mm -hmm. characters and what they do Mm -hmm. uh, in, in an abstract way. So that's what I mean. It's like, I see what you're saying, but it's like, it's all the way you interpret it. Like I sort of like, if you were already saying you, once certain things started happening in your mind while you're watching it, we're like, I can't believe they're doing that. That triggers your mind to think about everything else in that way. So that's how, like where I didn't see it that way, I saw it this other way. So by the time we were at the end, we were watching two different movies. It's one of so those. So the shimmer affects you, the viewer, right? while you're watching it. <laughs> yes. It's really weird what you did there, Alex yes. Garland. I took the, the the brown acid. <laughs> yeah, it's like, which acid did you get? I got the weird, the, yeah. the chocolate delicious acid or whatever. Because the um, it, it does do a nice job of setting up too. Like like I liked it, like what I was saying, like the mystery aspect of it of. Uh, you know, when they go in, they find the Blair Witch tapes of what happened to the team before them. Right. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, you know, when they start playing them, it remind me of uh, there was an obscure sci-fi horror movie. Uh, remember Event Horizon? Oh, it's not obscure <laughs> to us nerd fans. It's like, oh, if you haven't seen Event Horizon, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know, you're like but, Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill going to fucking hell. But at that the end of the galaxy. That when yeah. they when they <laughs> discover when they discover the tapes and then yeah. they, they watch everyone go and like nuts and then uh, that, those what? are the tapes that they lost footage of that everyone's right. like. I wish they had the original. Yeah, you'll yeah. never see it. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, about it. my uh, my favorite part then was then Lawrence Fishburne just stops after watching these horrific tapes of what happened to the previous crew and just went we're leaving (laughs) (laughs) the only logical thing that happened in that movie that movie had some really good scares there was really creepy stuff I just Mm -hmm. remember seeing it in the theater and I was like Mm -hmm. it's not the greatest film on the planet Earth it's like it's Mm -hmm. a fun science fiction film with like a crew going to fucking hell it's like Hellraiser in space the right way um well, let's so, like, guys tell us what you think. I mean, where where do you fall? Do you fall yeah. on on uh, this was an amazing psychedelic trip that John went on, or yeah. um, I think that's they, they should way. have had better cops go into the <laughs> the thing. My view or I, Chris is like I, I'm like right in the middle. Right in the of middle. you guys. I think it's interesting. The three of us saw this movie and had three different reactions. So your porridge was just right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right. So you two guys saw A Wrinkle in Time. Yes. You saw A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, I'm I'm so excited to hear. And I will say now I have a different perspective because when I go to these movies, I go with the entire family. So I have two kids that go. What are their ages? They are uh, 13 and nine. Okay. So uh, they are right smack dab in the uh, center (laughs) of what this movie is for. John, do you have kids? Nope. Okay. So I'm going to start by uh, doing the other uh, racial... um, uh, point that was made in the book Meg and her family are Caucasian and in the movie the Murray family is multiracial this became controversial among fans of the book and its sequels but filmmakers believed a multiracial family would be more relevant and relatable for contemporary audiences Chris Pine had said that the multiracial family dynamic was actually one of the aspects in the script which attracted him to the project now here's what's interesting uh, again the actual race of the family never comes into play in the uh, story at all 
So it, a multiracial family, an all-white family, none of that um, is integral to the story. So it's perfectly fine that they made it a, a multiracial family. The um, criticism is not valid. Again, it's not something like uh, it's a story on race and you're changing races or anything like that. This is a, a science fiction story about basically a girl who lost her father. It doesn't matter if he's black, white, or what mm -hmm. color the, uh, the child is. And um, it's about... Uh, family. It's about growing up. It's it's got all these. I, I honestly, I saw the targets this movie was trying to hit. The problem is this movie missed a lot of them. So it was one of those movies that had like great intentions. Like you could see, this is going to be like a girl power kind of an empowerment type movie, right. and it just it, it it as someone who's also read the source material and if you've read the book like a long no, time not, ago no. um it, it missed a, it missed a lot of things like uh there was uh, a lot of things that it, it did get right like um the you know her missing her father her being bullied and tortured at school over it uh and also it it um it, it gave the characters a little more room and a little more room to breathe, so we got to develop them a little bit They're more. They're talking about the book. They're right. talking about yeah. the, the book, yeah. and, and um, a lot of this kind of got glossed over a little bit in the movie. The movie tried, like, when it also tried to show, like, what the villain was. The villain was essentially called It, and um, it's like the darkness that, you know, invades planets and including our own and makes people do bad things and feeds on all those things. So you actually see... One of the more poignant parts in the movie was that, you know, the bully that was bullying the girl at school, she's got her own problems that she's dealing with and how she feels miserable and how... Um, the bully's a girl. The bully's a girl, yeah. And... Uh, That's cool. So there was, a, there was some interesting aspects there, but ultimately there were so many things in the book that were missed and thrown away that it, like, it, 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 like, it missed all these great opportunities. Like, here, here's an example. Um, the book makes a real, real point of showing that um, when a world gives into the it, it becomes completely neutral. Like if you see in the trailer, all the kids are bouncing the balls at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. There's tons of creepy stuff like that in the book that never made it into the movie. Like there's a whole city. There's people going to their jobs like that. There's people afraid to speak out because if they alter the routine or say anything for one second, they disappear. So there's like even like there's um, police state, Gestapo right. stuff. There's all that stuff that was literally just excised from the film, which, uh, you know, in a kid's book is pretty heavy stuff. But at the same time, you can trust kids to understand what oppression and what all these things are, even if it's set in a fantasy setting. You know, mm -hmm. they, they're smart enough to understand that. So there's no reason to take this stuff out. So... I I, 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 the stuff you're talking about, I've, I've recently I haven't finished it because, you know, when you're binging five or six different shows, the world we live mm -hmm. in now, you're like, I'm on episode four of this. And yet I'm on episode seven. <laughs> yeah. of that. Yes, I'm on episode two of that. <laughs> Have you finished anything? So, But the one you're talking about, uh, the movie with the book, those references mm -hmm. were actually executed really well in Channel Zero. I think it's called No End House, which I'm on episode mm -hmm. four of, which. I found incredibly interesting without right. giving away too many spoilers echoes mm. a lot of what you're talking about. And there is sort of a dark it thing that right. replicates not perfectly at all mm -hmm. our world and trying to emulate stuff so right. it can like drain you of your energy and stuff. But a wrinkle in time did not have that. No, know? no. And also you look at too, like the, the book itself was so brilliant. It was written in the sixties. So, you know, parts of it are dated for sure, but 
you know, that's not an excuse. They're like, we got to make it hipper and smarter and more visual effects. And I'm like, no, you don't. It, it's a classic for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, you take these classic elements. And uh, also, like, one of the things, too, is the author of the book made it a deliberate attempt to show how sterile a lot of these environments were and worlds that had given up and uh, to make it ultimately look like everything is, uh, you know, uniform and conforming. But in the movie, it's like, Blasting you with like Guardians of the Galaxy special effects right. and and uh, 103 million dollar budget. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of that you could tell when individual effects, and it wasn't necessary. It really was, you know, the the creepier and the more interesting parts of the book you could do and you should have done on a uh, a lower visual effects budget because it would have been more effective. And like I said, you can trust kids aren't stupid. You know, they they get these higher concepts and themes. So. I wanted to like it more than I did. I thought there was definitely some missed opportunity here. Uh, the kids did like it visually. It was it was fun, and okay. it was you know. Did your kids read the book? They uh, the they did. Story? In fact, my eight year old or my, not my nine year old, he was uh, upset that they had taken so much stuff out of it. He was like, you know, the book was better. I'm like, right. yeah, it was. Right. You're right. What did you uh, think, John? Well, I'll start off with saying my fiance Holly Payne read the book and she loved the book mm -hmm. and the source material when she was a kid, and she had to leave the theater. Yeah, oh wow! She didn't even see the end, the last like twenty you minutes. Just made her that mad? Yeah. It was, it's, and to be honest with you, I wanted to join her, but I was like, mm -hmm. I'm in it for the end. I'm going to yeah. see how it all ends. I thought it was horribly written. I mean, I didn't read the source material, but I think just as a just as a uh, a book about a kid going through experiences with their family, uh, even written for a, you know, written for a family to see this film. Um, and I felt like the race issue, the diversity issue didn't play into it at all. I, like I could take a, I, the, any one of them could be swapped out with any yes. race or religion or any, mm -hmm. any way you want to slice it. It had nothing to do with the execution of it because the execution of it was horrible. Right. It was like a train wreck watching really badly put up, like, let's set this up and not execute that well. Now let's set this story point up and not execute that well. So it was a series of scenes. Really, uh, there was a needle drop record kind of uh, here. Now you need to feel this way. Like there was literally that kind of manipulative like movie. Like now we're having fun. No, now it's scary. Kind of. You got real. to watch Oprah try on a bunch of different dresses. It was real so. simple. <laughs> and that's what I mean. I feel like, look, I mean, uh, some some people were saying, hey, it's good for kids. And I'm glad mm -hmm. your kids enjoyed it. Yeah. I feel like just as an adult watching this, I was like, I couldn't recommend it to anyone, really, because mm -hmm. there's so many other amazing films, like right. like thousands and thousands of films that have been made that are superior to this. And it was a missed opportunity. I mean, as far well, as yeah. a family uh, movie goes, you know, well, it was, there's it was no one connection. of those things. I felt like the, all the things that are set up, like, oh, the bully girl, you just see shots of her looking out a window. There's like, right. is there any depth to that? No, there's not. Mm -mm. It's like... It's like it's like the surface way of telling a story. So there's no there's no deep emotional core ever. The little kid, the, I got to be honest, the little kid that they got who played Thomas Wallace was horrible. Like literally, he's a kid who talked like this the whole time. All one pitch thing. Yeah. I don't understand what he said. Yeah. Like one pitch, the way either he's a little kid happy yelling, "Where's my dad? I don't mind it," or he's mad. He's like, "I'm gonna kill you because of this." Like, yeah, not every child actor is Harley Joel Osment. This kid, I mean, <laughs> I mean I, he maybe really, he'll grow up to be an amazing yeah. actor, but but I, he was like, it was like it's piercing a, to hear. It's his a voice. tough role because that character was, is integral to the story, and he's supposed to be a genius and wise beyond his years. 
and that just was never conveyed. In never. The, uh, He's just in, a smug little, movie. I know this. And then he turns into yeah. the children of the corn Malachi kid at the end with a glowing face like, yeah. I'll kill you all. You're like, I was like, please get me out of this theater. What am I watching? And then, you know, I mean, look, Oprah, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Mindy, Mindy Cowling. They are mm-hmm. dressed in the weirdest, like, where did they shop at Oz? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, we, like, why? In, what universe like ever the decided? Games, the rich people in the Hunger it's Games. It's yeah, 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 yeah. right. Th- Those people look better than this. I mean, yeah. I felt like the, it was so garish. And, like, I get it. It's for kids. So I was like, all right, they're all, they're, you know, maybe that's, they look like, you know, it just didn't, it didn't work for me on any level. It, and, it felt like more attention was going to the production design than telling the story. That's where it really felt and like. That's disappointing because it was Ava DuVernay who did 13th, great documentary, did right. Selma, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, you know, this was sort of. You know, you don't know, too, if she got noted to death. You don't know, like, what, what stu- happened behind the scenes. Because it was such scenes. a big-budget studio Such film. a big-budget studio film. This was, you know, her her first fantasy film. Was right. she Were they over her shoulder changing everything? You know, who knows? It's really knows? hard to tell, especially it's, it's hard to tell when you have, like, is there another hour that's missing of things that were shot that were emotionally more connective, but then right. you have a three hour film, which is not acceptable, right. especially right. for a family film where it should be like about 90 minutes. Right. So there's like, there's, there's layers and had a slow there. start too. I mean, granted the book starts slow, but at the same time, it's like you could, you could get going a little quicker in the movie. Yeah. I was uh, never invested for mm-hmm. one second in so, the entire film and I couldn't wait to get out of the theater. Now that's I will, how I felt about, I'll, it. I felt I was like so disappointed that's disappointed isn't even the right word it was like wow i can't recognize so, so now again after this uh we're talking about our second movie i didn't dislike it as much as john so <laughs> yeah let's just be clear i didn't yeah. like the film yeah <laughs> i don't know if that came but I, is, I thought chris pine did a good the job. thing that's interesting too mm-hmm. is is i don't think you guys were alone in this because black panther did better at the box office Yes. Then, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Then well, this I mean, movie did. Look, Black Panther's still out there kicking ass. Everybody's you, talking about diversity. That's the cool thing is that this is the first time in history that we've had two black filmmakers sure. in the number one and the number two right, spots. So right. I think that's the cool that's walk good. away from. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like Black Panther's going to eat everything in its way for the next like right. three or four weeks. I mean, yeah. Rampage is the next movie that's actually going to probably eaten. get number one. No, it's going to beat Black Panther. That's the next one. All the other movies are going to probably, I don't think Tomb Raider can even beat Black Panther mm-hmm. right now. So all the movies that are coming out over the next you know, few weeks. A lot of fans of the video game are going to go see that movie. And you know, the other well, thing, too, it's like, yeah. this is the thing yeah, we talked about. We talked about this during the Oscars is is it's a step in the right direction mm. when a black woman can make a big budget movie that's kind of a flop and she'll still get work. You know what I right. mean? Because yeah, exactly. white yeah. guys have been making horrible <laughs> yep. fucking yep. $200 million movies and still mm. getting hired. Yeah. And, you know, she's a good filmmaker. And Mm -hmm. like you say, it might have just been the studio or who knows. Or maybe this is, you know, there's nothing. Some filmmakers. It just didn't come together. Right. It really. That's what it is. I mean, I don't I don't see any fingers to directly point to with a wrinkle in time. Like it's this Mm -hmm. one person who did. Right. It feels like. Or not even this one thing. It was just the the entire package together just didn't gel. Right. Like the Mm -hmm. idea of making a movie of a wrinkle in time. Mm -hmm. I think even especially for the people who've read the books were like, you know, it's a great idea. A lot of people were were, but concerned. Don't screw it up. Right. It has that kind of thing with any of these Mm -hmm. like novels that are like you know when you read it you have your own vision of it in your head and especially you know most people have read this like it's required reading like it was required required reading for my son in in class Mm. so and i remember reading it in class when i was a kid so you've got uh you've got you know literally generations of people who have read this book so there's a lot vested as far as like well i want to see what i grew up with right and uh 
Um, the other thing point I want to make too is uh, I can't remember if I made this point already or not is that the book has some really interesting ideas in it and especially like with the villains like I'm talking about with like the it and all these things um, we've seen them after that like like when you like when I say the book's a little bit dated it's dated in a good way where a lot of the ideas in her book were used in um, subsequent science fiction stories and mm-hmm. movies. And so so when you look at the source material, you realize, oh, this kind of feels like I've seen this before. Yes, because it's been taken from right. this book. It's, it's, it's like watching like an old, old movie. It's like watching M, you know, like you're like, oh, okay, this is kind of where, you know, some of the uh, thriller uh, tropes have actually come from. This, this is kind of like the source material. So right. I felt like... You know, this was, I, I was excited. This was, uh, you know, great trailer, great cast. And I was like, uh, it just, just didn't come together. So what are you going to do? All right. Uh, all right. So, so what we're saying is go see Black Panther again. And read yeah. and read Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> what I'm going to read. Yeah. The, I'm going to read the book to kind of watch away the movie. So. Yeah. And, and, and when you read the book, you're like, oh, this is, this is, there's, uh, now I see that uh, a third to a, a half of this was missing. Mm. So, and the good parts. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have some sponsors. Uh, <laughs> I love this sponsor. Oh, HelloFresh. HelloFresh is delicious. I just got a box. <laughs> yep. Just got the box. That I, I mm-hmm. got the veggie box. I got three mm-hmm. sweet veggie meals. It's pretty exciting. We do the family plan, and we got uh, we got three great meals. We have uh, one of my favorites is the, uh, there's a uh, cauliflower mac and cheese. That's mm-hmm. really good. And uh, our daughter's going vegetarian, too, so she's taking out the little pieces of... Uh, bacon that are in it so uh um in fact we'll have a discussion later we're going to talk about uh where you get your protein because we have to feed her differently now so (laughs) it's not crazy you meat eaters act like it's like i'm vegetarian it's the easiest thing thing. where do you guys get it yeah it's weird these tofu burgers that are everywhere where do you buy them yeah i don't know how to explain store we we have a we have an added complication that uh we have a daughter who uh is becoming vegetarian but also she, she hates everything so whether it's meat or vegetarian, so you know her, what you can do: make her a morning star. They're called grillers. Uh-huh. Make her, just make her a burger with using those grillers, and just give it to her. And don't say it's vegetarian. Be like, "What do you think of this?" And she's gonna love it. Okay, that's or just wait till she's not a teenager anymore. Right? Stop yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can do yeah. that or lie to her. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> trick her into like, "What you just say was vegetarian?" She'd be like, yeah. "No, my mind." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everything's upside down. What happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like. So uh, you're so in the shimmer. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're inside the wrinkle yep. in time, inside the shimmer, inside the thing. So it's been a lot of uh, taking her to Whole Foods and like, all right, just go pick out a bunch of stuff and we'll see if you like it. Right so, on. <laughs> um, so now the thing we love about HelloFresh is uh, everything from convenience. You can choose your delivery day, um, selection and flexibility, a wide variety of chef curated recipes that change weekly. You could go classic veggie and family. And it's uh, you can make balanced dinners for less than $10 a meal. And it's easy. It's simplicity. Uh, you won't spend all night in the kitchen because recipes only take about 30 minutes. Yeah, they're pretty easy. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty like, busy How are right you now. in the kitchen, Graham? I'm, <laughs> I'm not great. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> um, but I, 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 they, they, it's so mapped out. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to just tell me, go make this recipe and go buy this stuff. I would be like, there's no way I'm going to do that mm-hmm. right. But I get a bo- I get a bag 
They put each meal in an individual bag. They right. walk you through it. It's like a color-coded. It's it's cooking for dummies. Right. It's really yeah. color by numbers, <laughs> yeah, it, but cooking. It is. I color can, by cooking. Yeah. If I can figure this out, you can. Mm-hmm. That's my point. Well, I mean, how much are the meals? They are um, less than ten dollars a meal. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can get all different kinds. Like I got a I got a box of three different vegetarian meals. All very. Um, one of them's like tacos with like a. Uh, like a vegetarian kind of beef crumble thing that comes with it, but all these great extra ingredients. Is that, that uh, under the uh, the the heading of like when it's not too full, they just call it plant protein? Yeah, plant based protein. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Plant scramble or something. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't want a delicious plant scramble? Yeah. Swamp thing. He wants it all the time. Yeah, they got to start coming up with better ways to describe the alternate world of food instead of like hamburgers always bother me because it's not ham. Right. I'm like, who came up with that weird, you know, but, you know, we just need to, you know, my favorite thing that people who still eat meat always say is like, well, how come you had to make like a burger, like a hamburger shaped? Why don't you just am like, you know, that's not what it originally was shaped. It came from a cow. You know, yeah, Yeah. that always boggles my mind with like, well, how come you're making these fake hot dogs like a regular hot dog? Yeah, because the hot dog's fake. Yeah. Do you understand how this all works? It's always I I have to walk away when I get for for the record, I would eat a cow shaped burger. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Chris is a savage. That's right. <laughs> like a very tiny cow shaped yes, burger, and then I like just put bread yeah, around it. Right. Because Chris mm. wants to eat a cow's head. Yes. Right? <laughs> just devour it. It just sounds fun. What about boiled eyeballs? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got all these cow's eyeballs. That's not as. All of a sudden, people are like, I don't know about yeah, that. If it's, if it's a non dairy ice cream, why are you eating it in an ice cream right. cone? Hey, why don't you give me some of that yeah. tomato sauce and dip that eyeball in there? Oh. <laughs> Right, That's man. my French accent. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Hey, <laughs> how come you're not coming hey. over? Oh, I've got some of these uh, this croissants. Oh, I like the croissants. Soup. Yeah. Put some more butter mm-hmm. on that croissant. Chris, how do we save money if we want to go to HelloFresh? <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad yeah. you asked, Graham. HelloFresh sounds delicious. You could get $30 off your first week, and all you got to do is visit HelloFresh.com and enter Comedy Film Nerds 30. $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. HelloFresh.com, enter Comedy Film Nerds 30. Do it. Boom. So now, I try this HelloFresh thing. I, you, got, I, you guys sold me on it. That's good business. So, I know I, you just have to do this because they're sponsors, but it sounds good. I so Now, like, as because uh, I am a subscriber, right. I can actually get you, send you a free uh, week of meals. Dope, if, you, if you want it, I'll send it to you. I do. I'll Chris, right. to show you, Chris just does it even when they're not buying ad time. Yeah, so yeah, we do it anyway. Like, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> no, the, anything like that, like you're saying, is like make it as simple, like, all right, I do this and this, and now I can eat it. I don't want to like spend 40 hours preparing the five-minute dinner. I can't meal. do right. that. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't like, I hear you. you buy parsley, and then you got to cut it up. No, they just sent you a thing of the right amount of cut up parsley, perfect. and that's your bone. That's perfect. So now we've got some Patreon sponsors. Oh, uh, yeah. They, and I'll say they require a little bit of explanation. Um, the first one here, this is how we kind of set this up. It's like one line in a URL is usually what we, what uh-huh. you get for the $50 uh-huh. a month. Supplyanddemandinvesting.com. Because planning for retirement should be as easy as planning your next vacation. It just takes longer. Supplyanddemandinvesting.com. So, and that's usually what we would do. That's nice. However, um, some of you have been sending us something that's been a little longer. Uh, you know what? It's okay. We can make our own we can, rules. We can, we, can we, make, can, we can make our own rules, but uh, we prefer the one line the and concise. the URL. Yeah. <laughs> but just read it in a Swedish accent. Yes. <laughs> now, That's and, what I want to hear. And here's what's great. Here's my Swedish accent. And, and, Hello. <laughs> 
I've got a Patreon, I do. That's right. Now, I'm Swedish. Dude, couldn't you tell? And there's a surprise on the Patreon uh, supporters <gasps> this uh, this week. This is how why the Comedy Film Arts community is so great. I'm going to read these to you, and we'll find out they are related. Ooh. So, first of all, this one's from Will Leonard. My wife, Katie Bagwell, has signed up for Bike MS, a fundraising ride that is changing the lives of people affected by MS and helping fuel progress toward a world free of MS to ride from Houston to Austin at the end of April. The money raised will help fund amazing programs in MS research, as well as programs and services that ensure people affected by MS can live their best lives. You can reach your donation page at bit.ly, so it's a bit.ly, slash ktms150. That's bit.ly slash ktms150. If you can, please help her achieve her goal. There you go. Now, the next one. (gasps) The Audacity Performing Arts Project... We are still working our asses off to bring performing arts opportunities to school communities who can't afford them. That being said, we also know that charitable giving needs to take place across a broad spectrum of issues and across many communities. To that end, if you sponsor the other Patreon sponsor, Catherine Bagwell, and her Bike MS fundraising, and make a token donation to Audacity, 15 bucks, we'll send you one of our amazing shirts as a thank you. So if you support the other one and give a little to uh, the Dastard Performing Arts, they'll send you a shirt. Look wow. at you guys. You can support yeah, MS. You're supporting each other. Performing Arts. And you get a shirt. Yes. So all you got to do is go to audacityperformingarts.com slash donate. That's audacityperformingarts.com slash donate. And then just go to HelloFresh and make a meal while you, after you've done right. all yeah. this fine donating. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be in great shape. <laughs> go to Supply and Demand Investing, <laughs> donate to the arts, MS, yep. and you're all squared away. Get a nice yeah. meal. We take that care of That sounds like a weekend, right? <laughs> that does. That sounds pretty good. And then go watch Black Panther for the third yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Watch a lot of stuff on Netflix. Get that t shirt in the mail <laughs> yeah. two weeks later. And be like, hey, what happened to all my time? All right. You guys ready for some trailers? Oh, yeah. Shit. Now, watch it. This next one is a TV show, but it's based on a movie. So I think it is appropriate for us to watch this trailer. Ladies go. and gentlemen, the Cobra Kai trailer. We're not getting. Strike hard. Oh, son of a bitch. There's no audio. How come we're not hearing any audio, Aaron? Well, normally, folks, there's a lot of audio right now. Yeah. Let's try it again. I'm going to teach you the style of karate that was taught to me. Fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? No sensei. Pain does not exist in this dojo, does it? Hey, Sensei, is there any particular way you want me to wash these windows? No, I don't give a sh- don't know why you'd ever want to bring back Cobra Kai. <laughs> You're not trained to be merciful here. Mercy is for the weak. You may know the moves, but none of that matters unless you have balance. Are you ready to learn the way of the fist? Yes, Sensei! Johnny, you and I, this, we aren't done. Yeah, 
I'm in. Come on. Yeah. You know we're all going to watch this. And especially in our age group, we have right. to, right? Like, Can you imagine that phone call that to Ralph Macchio? I know. Like, uh, like what? Oh, yes. Sure. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, th- I think they backed up a small truck of money for him. Like, yeah. it was like, look, you know, this is going to be on YouTube Red. You got mm-hmm. to do the little foot thing again. He's like, what? Here's some money. All right. Yeah, yeah you had to be like an adequate amount of cash. Mm-hmm. He probably went first. Went, what's YouTube Red? Yeah, and then, right. You know, you know YouTube. Yeah, I know YouTube. I haven't acted for twenty yeah. years. Yeah. Do you know what my residual checks are every right. year for the five <laughs> Karate Kid movies are? So you better come above that. Yeah. <laughs> What's well, weird? Like, I question. I wonder about like the rights issues because it's called Cobra Kai. It's not the Karate Kid Part Nine or whatever the hell it is. Right. So I, I kept wondering. I was like, can they even use the the their names? Is this an official Karate Kid? Is this sanctioned by the Karate Kid people? Is this within the Karate Kid <laughs> right. universe? Is this the shared yeah. universe? Is it, well, they're obviously using Cobra Kai, so it has to have some kind yeah. of. I think it's kind of cool though. That it's not called Karate Kid. It's like it's yeah, going yeah. this different way. So it's going, you know, from the perspective of. You know uh, what I feel villain. like? It's 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 almost like they got the idea from that music video. Sweep the leg now, Johnny. Did you see that? They came out a couple years ago, <laughs> and it's this band. Oh, sweep the leg now, Johnny. And the music video is the and I forget the actor's name who plays Johnny, the blonde guy. William Zadka, who I met at a um, martial arts kid screening, that movie that I played security guard number two. Check Mm -hmm. it out, folks. It's fantastic. I should have won an Oscar. It's a lie. The whole thing is a scam. But um, uh, but no, I will. Best supporting security guard. I met met two guys for the best supporting security guard. (laughs) Why won't they have that category? Um, But uh, I met William Zadka and the, I forget the actor who played the actual Cobra Kai dojo, Aaron. The sensei? Yeah. The sensei. Anyway, I met them at the sleeveless sensei. Sleeveless sensei. <laughs> so they do this 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 music video. If you check it out, it's called "Sweep the Leg Now, Johnny." And in the the story in the music video is he's his life because he lost that event. Right. Thirty years later, his life he's living in a trailer and he can't get his life back together, and that's <laughs> the whole thing. So I feel like someone went, "Why don't we?" Come on, let's somebody's going to buy let's this. Let's do that. Yeah. These guys, that's a great idea. Thanks, yeah. music video yeah, people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the fact that he's, he's you know, painting, he's stenciling strike first, strike hard, yeah. giant letters on the dojo wall. I am fucking in. Yeah. I'm so in for this. I will watch. This is my, I can't wait to watch this. I'm ready. I got to get YouTube red, I guess. Yeah, I know. It'll be like buying HBO for uh, Game of Thrones and then canceling right. it when it's done. I wonder if, uh, if people will... <laughs> will copy it and then put it on regular YouTube like they do with everybody else's movies. Yeah. <laughs> be like, yeah, I totally stole this from YouTube Red. Here it is. I reframed it and put a little jiggle jaggle on it. It's on YouTube. I'm like, thanks, asshole. Yes. It's like, thanks for copying. Like, my film got copied so many times, I'm always having to flag it on YouTube. It's like, could you please stop? You know, it's just, it's an independent film. Stop doing that. So he's like, here it is for free again. So, no. I feel like I want to do that thing, like Kevin Smith, like show up at their house. Hey, what's up? Like, you know. Find yeah. out who they are. I was like, what's up, man? What are hey, you doing? You like they, stealing movies? Yeah, you like stealing movies? And then just beat the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be wrong. So it's better just to And it would it. take forever. It would. It's far more <laughs> satisfying just to be like, report. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm in. We're all going to watch this. So, um, yeah. All right. The next one is uh, Fantastic Beats. Beasts. I like two. Fantastic Beats. Beats. Yeah. I, like I want to see that movie. <laughs> Some questions for you, Professor. 
this is a surprise. There's a rumor that Newt's commander is headed to Paris. I know he's working under your orders. What do you have to say for yourself, Dumbledore? If you'd ever had the pleasure to teach him, you'd know Newt is not a great follower of orders. The time's coming, Newt. When you're gonna have to pick a side. Are you going somewhere? No, we're going somewhere. Jeez. against Grindelwald. It has to be you. I wonder if this will make any money. Yep. <laughs> they just print money over there. Uh, I read that uh, they're going to make five of these. So five this is the second in five? Second of five, five, Fantastic, five Fantastic Beast movies. Well, they yeah. made eight Harry Potters, so why not? Yeah. But yeah. they were based on seven books. Right. These are like literally like five just um, J.K. Rowling's just writing screenplays for them. That's it. All right. It's kind of cool, though, I think. I mean. I like the first one. Uh, you know, this, again, this is one of those things that's like reviewer proof. You're either in or you're out. You're either, um, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you're going to like it. If you're not a Harry Potter fan. Not gonna change your mind. What about a dabbler? Like I feel like I'm a dabbler. I don't read the books. I don't care. I don't. You have never been to Universal Potterland, and it's like a what? mile away from me. Because people are like, yeah, I know you have the wand. You've never been on the care. ride? No. <laughs> I'm like, I'll, I saw Fantastic Beasts. I was like, that was cool. Yeah, and, a bunch and of people floating around. With here's my here's my prediction. Like, you will have the exact same reaction to the next one. <laughs> Yeah, I like the, some, there was like some weird pig animal that glowed and stuff. Yeah. I remember they had to chase him around. I, look, it, they're enjoyable. Like, you know, I totally get why there's so many Potter fans. Sure. I mean, because it's yeah. like they read the book and they got into the whole world. So it's like, mm. that's kind of, that's that's their thing. That's, that's their Star Wars or something, you know? That's right. something that yeah. they, can, mm. they can go to the university. The, I'm studying on Potterland or whatever. I See, I can't even talk Potter speak. How, what do you call it? Wizarding or what is it? Um Hogwarts. Thank you. you. Yeah. yeah. I can't even remember what it's called. Hogwarts. That's yeah. right. That's why, you know, they do those showdowns. They're like, what was the Griffin Grambles, uh, you know, the creature that uh, Bob Skibby Skib wrote on? I was like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. That's my, my answer is a Oh, Griff he was a house elf. Yeah. Griffin fuck. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. You know? Yeah. It's I, not my world. I've been to the so, theme park, but I, I'm never going to watch it. Did you it. go on the ride? Yeah. I loved yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun ride. I loved it, but I don't mm -hmm. think I'm going to ever watch any of these movies. So you didn't see the first one, right? No. Yeah. Way. Yeah. You didn't see any of the Potter films either? No. <laughs> I saw half of the first one or something. Didn't you see one with a nephew? At some oh, point? you're right. I did yeah. see. I saw a couple with the my third nieces one and was nephews. really cool. I don't I'd remember say, them at all. But the they all they, my nieces and nephews loved them. Yeah, the third Harry Potter film. I think it's directed by Alfonso Cuarón. Oh yeah, one that was, that was is, a good I thought one. it was really good. Like the first yeah, two yeah. were like, 
I well, never saw those, and then I finally saw those. Well, they two. were Christopher Columbus, so right. you know they're going to be boring. Well, yeah, I just did, but I didn't want to see. <laughs> it just didn't hit me on any level. Right. So I was like, I saw the third one, but then I saw the first two before I saw the third one. So it was weird mm -hmm. to watch those kids grow up. So now it's right. like I can imagine if you watched all eight of them, you'd be like, whoa, because it's like that's like magic. You're watching these little kids sprout right. into full adults mm -hmm. like in a day. You're like, this is insane. Now that I remember, I did see a couple of these with my nieces and nephews. And I remember going, oh, this is cool. This is cool stuff. Right. right. They, you know, there's some cool effects. And mm -hmm. we saw, I think, one of them in 3D at the Chinese theater. Oh, OK. So that's that was, the good 3D. Too. Yeah, that was really. Mm -hmm. So that some of that stuff was cool. And I get mm -hmm. it. Like, if you grew up reading these books, this is going to be the coolest right. thing. Like, totally. I loved. Um, all those S.E. Hinton books, Rumblefish and The Outsiders. Because yeah, I grew sure. up reading all those books. So when they made them into real movies, I was like, oh, there's and Pony Rumblefish had such an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's talk about John Schnepp's movie. How about uh, it? The, like, the, uh, the Death of the, Superman Lives. I almost got yeah, it wrong. Oh, The Death of Superman mm -hmm. Lives, What Happened? And I made it with my fiance, Holly Payne. We spent mm -hmm. like three years. When are you guys getting married? Uh, sometime in the near future. Nice. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was quite a journey. Uh, it was just based off of like an uh, I just had this. I was collecting footage, you know, online of this Superman Lives thing, and I was like, mm -hmm. "There's got to be something to this." I always felt, you know, that that's the one that was the most maligned, yet the the, the easiest one to throw as a throwaway. Like, look at Nick Cage, you know, well, the Nick Cage now, and then you're like that one picture that got released where he's like half eyed and he's like looks like he's wearing a doll outfit or it's just it's just a really bad photo and to uh to let our fans know that are not as familiar with the story is it was a superman movie starring nicholas cage and directed by tim burton mm -hmm. that's what was going to happen yeah and there was like an original screenplay by kevin smith so there was like this mm -hmm. whole kind of lore that followed it from its 96 97 and ultimately when it got closed down in 98 and then you know years later some of the art got released online even years after that, some videos of the weird light up suit went, went right. on to YouTube. Mm -hmm. And years later after that, that's when I was like, I'd been collecting stuff just as my own personal, like pimp so, my Superman suit that had yeah, all these weird yeah, yeah, moving with, lights, with on, the it. Weird lights yeah. on it. I just had a folder on my desktop and I was just like one of those things whenever I'd take a break or whatever, I'd be like, eh, see if there's any more Superman concept art. Just mm -hmm. my own geek thing that I would do amongst other, like we all have our own little sure. like things. Oh, I wonder about that. Remember that movie? You research it or whatever. So, and it became a thing. And then, I was hanging out with some friends and they were like, hey, that sounds like you know a lot about it. Sounds interesting. Why don't you make a documentary? I had just done a Kickstarter the year before uh, for uh, the Grim Fairy Tales animated thing I was doing. So mm -hmm. it was like, I'll give it a shot. You know, and it took me about two months after people were like, you should try that. I was like, nah. And then I thought about it. I was like, no one else is going to make this. No one would would make it. And I was like, that to me was more of a challenge. Like, I wonder if there is something there. So I launched this Kickstarter. And then Holly and I worked on this film for two and a half years. We we got all the interviews. It took so long to get interviews. Everyone really, a like, documentary took a long time? That's so weird. It is it's very strange. You, need, <laughs> do you mean you need to talk to real people without a script? Yeah, it's yeah. like, and they don't get paid. It was like one of those things where you're like, literally asking people to tell their story about a failed project. So that's that was the hard the hardest part. And you know, mm -hmm. to get Tim Burton was literally one of the hardest parts because he's super busy. Probably it was incredibly, and as we know, it was a very painful experience for him. He didn't want to talk about it. But as we kept moving forward with our doc, he was aware of it. And then eventually I was able to contact a few people who were able to contact other people who put me in touch with him. Then Holly and I went out to England and, and met him. Oh, wow. We had to go fly out to England just to meet him to see if he wanted to do the movie. But we were like, we're doing it. We're going out there. Right. 
and he liked us. And then we shot the interview like two days later. And then literally we had gotten Kevin Smith like the 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 two weeks beforehand. And he was also really hard because he's super busy. So it's right. not like people are always like, he would be really easy to get because he loves to talk. It's like on his own time of talk about what he wants. And when he's like, getting paid. Well, right. mean, or or yeah. whatever. It was just like he's a busy guy. It's not like yeah. you just walk up to him and be like, hey, let's shoot this interview. So uh, and he was incredibly awesome to, to meet mm-hmm. and hang out with. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of the magic of that and putting it all together. And and then finally, like finally getting it finished, we went and screened it and we got picked up by Showtime and we went all around the world and had mm-hmm. amazing screenings. And then today it's funny that I'm on the show this morning. Holly sent me an email saying, would you believe this? And it's Nick Cage got cast to play Superman in a DC animated film that's coming out July 28th. It's called Teen Titans Go. And he's playing the voice of Superman. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. And I just, I literally, and of course, every single outlet all across the internet is carrying pictures of photos that we uncovered. So right. they're photos that oh, we actually that's... took of Nick Cage as Superman. Like all those photos that you see did not exist before our film because they were like in the Raiders of the Lost Ark tomb. Of Tim <laughs> right. And literally Holly and I uncovered it. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, we we're like when we first saw that footage of Tim Burton and Nicolas Cage talking with with Bert, with Tim. I'm sorry, with Cage in this newer outfit, not wow. the one that you've seen those photos of, but if you've seen our film, you see the later iterations. And those are the photos that are all around the internet now where he's in a more traditional red, sure. white, you know, right, red and right. blue and yellow suit. Those are where you're, you're seeing him talking to Tim and like the ideas that they had that they were going to try to do. That's what turned me around to be like, well, Cage is approaching it as an actor and as a character and the idea of being like a loner and being like the the last of his kind and approaching it like in a way that Superman still has never been done. That's what I thought was magical about it and that Tim was going to try something different. He'd already done the dark and spooky stuff with Beetlejuice and Batman. Mm. This was going to be that brighter kind of vision of Superman, which we still haven't gotten. So I feel like even 20 years later, that's why people were attracted when they see our film, that's why they see it multiple times and talk about it because it captures the essence of what Superman still isn't. Right. And it feels like that's why it's like it's, even which is supposed which is what he's supposed to yeah, be. Yeah. So even though mm-hmm. people clown on him because he doesn't look like Superman, neither did Michael Keaton. He doesn't look like Batman. It's like it's right. such a weird thing. I always have issues with people who are like he doesn't look like Superman. It's like you know, it's like nobody really looks like anybody. You know, it's like, I don't know what these idealized forms right. are supposed to be, but it's like actors take on roles. Actors are masks. And it's like, I feel like you're shortchanging yourself if you come at it from this like kind of surface level. So I've always approached it like that mm-hmm. with anything, any kind of movie that I've seen. We've talked d- about Superman before, though. It's, it's, it's that character is one of the hardest characters to do. And some people would argue, Mike Schmidt has said this, it's ne- he's, Superman has never been done like correctly. On the big screen, some people right. believe. You know, I, and, and what uh, you're saying is like, man, you're right. Like the animated movies, they've gotten them right. Well, right. I, yeah. I would argue mm-hmm. Superman's Christopher Reeve, the Superman, the movie yes. is the one it's done the closest. Right. And yeah. I recently saw it at they they were screening like a I guess it's the 40th anniversary, close mm-hmm. enough to it. There was a bunch mm-hmm. of cast members. Like McClure was there, and it was like oh, it was wow. cool to see it. And then we saw it projected, and it was a sold out. You know, it was at the at the Chinese theater, it was a sold out. And I was wow. last minute. I was like. You know, I'm going. I was like, mm-hmm. I was on the fence about it because I've seen it so many times. But I was like, just to see it in the theater again and like relive it. Right. In, in the, when the music comes on, it's yeah, magic. Yeah. And Chris Marlon Brando, yeah. Marlon mm-hmm. Brando, Christopher Reeve, Gene Hackman. I mean, it's such a magical film. And it, I finally came to terms with the flying around the earth making right. stuff because it always <laughs> bugged me. And then I was like. This is a fantasy film about a right. dude who can fly and do all these crazy from things another planet. From another planet. Mm-hmm. And I always had a beef with him, like, well, he f- goes back in time, changes time. And it's like, 
I finally realized it's wish fulfillment. It's like he he can save everyone, but he couldn't save his dad on Earth, and now he could he couldn't save his the girl that he loves. So he's like, screw it, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna mm. you know. So it's that kind of thing. Like it was like, no, I'm I can change. I can make a difference. It's, right. If you look at it like a, a morality tale, it's like any grim fairy tales is like, well, I wouldn't go in that back alley because bad things are going to happen. Right. Like any of those, like <laughs> these, like, you know, little after school special type things. It's, Superman was the same thing. It's like telling you like to believe in something, mm -hmm. you know? So I, where, I, that's, I finally came to terms now, with it. Now, I, the one question I had is because you, you kind of, um, you're using a lot of things that, Warner Brothers owns. Did sure. you run into any legal issues? No, because it's a documentary. I mean, mm -hmm. and there's also, I mean, we went through uh, a whole bunch of lawyers who are fair use lawyers and you learn the, what fair use is and what you can use and right. what you can't use. You can use, if you're, if you're transforming the media, you can actually use clips from other movies. You just can't show the clip. You can't show a, here's a five minute scene from, you know, Justice oh, right. League. You can't, or even mm -hmm. a, here's a 10, here's a 30 second scene from Justice League and then run that 30 second clip because you don't own that clip. Mm -hmm. What you can do is talk about the clip and why that clip references or means something to this other thing that you're talking about, directly paralleling and then transforming the media. So that is, that's what we learned is that. Now, can you show the clip as you're talking about yes, it? Yes, but can't? it has to, it has to, that's the key is you can't overuse clips. Mm -hmm. There's a limited amount of time and, and how much of a movie you can use. There's all these like little, little keys. And, Fair use rules. Yeah, there's rules. Mm -hmm. And as long as you can have all those cleared by lawyers, um, you're, you're good. And that's how I felt about it. It was like, look, you know, we're not out to rip anyone off. We're telling a story. Right. You know, and it's like I've never claimed and no one's claimed anyone who's made the film was like, we're not we don't own. So remember, we're like telling this documentary about these filmmakers and the situation that they had with Warner Brothers mm -hmm. in D.C. and the, the trying to make this film. So mm -hmm. where can people see it now? Uh, right now, it was on Showtime. It just went off Showtime at the end of 2017. So right now you can go to tdoslwh.com. That's T.D.O. S.L.W.H.com. That's the death of Superman lives what happened. But just the first letter of everything. And go there. You could rent the film. We have it as a digital rental, or you could buy the Blu-ray, which is the film and eight hours of extras. Like Ooh, oh, wow. me and Kevin Smith just nerding out about comic books. <laughs> All the art directors, John Peters talking about his his work on Batman, and just like an hour long extra interview with John Peters. Every single person we interviewed, there's extras like Tim Burton's feelings about all of his films mm -hmm. told in like one word, like, what did you think about this? Like some fun stuff that are, you know, just extras and being a big nerd like yourselves. Like I love yeah. all the extras that you See, get on Blu-ray and I'm absolutely. very disappointed whenever it's like just the trailer, <clears throat> maybe I won't buy it. You know, <laughs> like really literally that, that yeah. makes me like, that's oh, a Blu-ray. That was kind of the whole anything. point of DVDs and Blu-rays yes. is getting all the extras. That was the point. And now that's diminished because of, of streaming. But I feel like now things are starting to roll back around where people actually want to see behind the scenes on every movie. Yes. It's yeah. so interesting to even like a film like X-Men Dark Phoenix, I would love to see an hour long, the process of Simon Kinberg going from a writer producer to directing. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is yeah, his first yeah, film, yeah. Technically, right. actually directing something that he's written all these different movies. I'm using that as an example, but so our Blu-ray is available, and uh, we're we're talking to different streaming services right now to resell the film. So we're probably going to land with one of you know one of the, the you know the streaming services that you know uh, in the next few months. But right now, the only place you can see it is on our website tdoslwh.com, and you can either buy a digital copy, and that's just instantly buy it. You watch it right on your computer. Or you could buy the Blu-ray and you'll get it in like two and a half weeks. Because you know Holly and I are the only people who are shipping it. It's our film, so. right? Mm -hmm. Cool. That's a, yeah. So that's a, that's where you can see the film, 
And uh, it was such a it was such a kick to see that Nick Cage finally got to realize this dream that he's yeah. had for over to 30, 40 years to yeah. play Superman. And then he almost was Superman. And that's the film that got away. So you, a lot of things that you're seeing now, like Brainiac is in Krypton. Mm -hmm. And you see these images, art images that they got directly from not just the comic book, but the development of over time, the Brainiac character from the Superman lives with the skull ship and stuff like that. They, mm -hmm. There's certain things where they're like, oh, what about this? And, you know, that's the one thing when characters are being developed over time. All these different kinds of characters have been in different forms of like, well, we're going to make this movie and then it falls apart. Well, what worked? What did we have design wise? And that carries over to the next movie. Right. That, that makes sense. So, I mean, mm -hmm. you'll see like little things, even in Man of Steel, that were from Superman Lives or from all these different iterations of Superman. So, try to reuse assets. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. They spent money. That's what they got to do. Cool. And it makes yeah. sense. So hats off to Nick Cage and hats off to the Warner Brothers animation team for actually making this a reality. And I think it's kind of cool because it's like a lot of people who like would, you know, joke about it. Most people who joke about it haven't seen the doc. That's the, usually when I'm at a Comic-Con or something, come, someone comes up to me and they're like, I think the cage would have been stupid. I'm like, you haven't seen my documentary. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I instantly know. It's like Holly, too. She's like, if anybody comes up to her and says that, she knows. She's like, you haven't seen the doc. You haven't seen our documentary. Right. So it's sort of one of those things where once you've seen it, then you could see the other side to it. Then I'll, even some people, I wouldn't have, I, don't, I still don't want to see him as Superman, but I get it. So it's like, that's right. the, yeah. the walk away is usually like either the for it or the uh, get it. I wonder if Tim Burton would have given him dialogue. <laughs> well check it out guys yeah. it's it's a it's yeah. a cool doc and it's it's something that's it's it's such great nerd folklore and it's such yes. a great use of the medium of of documentaries oh, let me let me also pimp uh where you can buy the film and get me to sign it is at wondercon i've got a oh, booth okay. at booth, booth 121 that's in a week and a half uh at anaheim wondercon oh, i'll be there and i'll be holly will be there we'll be signing our blu-rays i'll be signing my slayer comics i've got a whole bunch of stuff that i've been working on that we'll be signing so and selling so you could buy the blu-ray there and you don't have to go th you know through the mail process which is you know you gotta wait a couple weeks That's and you get an autograph works. and then yeah. take a po photo with john and and post it on uh, online and tag us yes yeah totally mm -hmm. Um, All right. Speaking of Blu-rays. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff came out today. Oh, yeah, um, We've got Justice League, Ferdinand, The Shape of Water, I, Tanya, The Disaster Artist, and Call Me By Your Name. Mm. So uh, some good movies and some mediocre yeah, ones. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. uh, if you if you missed, uh, I, I mean, the last four, Shape of Water, I, Tanya, Disaster Artist, and Call Me By Your Name are all various Oscar nominees. Yep. So if you missed any mm -hmm. of those, they're all worth watching. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very interesting films, and if, if they slip through the cracks for you, de de check them out. Yeah, definitely check yeah. them out. Yeah, Shape um, of Water is just astonishingly good. I mean, yeah. hey, guess what? It won all the Oscars, so that's mm -hmm. kind of telling you something. I, I love the Oscars this year because horror movies dominated. Yeah. And some yeah. people are like, Shape of Water isn't a horror movie. Oh, a creature from another subterranean world? Bites you know, off a dude's finger? Yeah, it's, a, it's, yeah. a horror, it's a horror fantasy. That's what it is. You're like, it's a love story. It's a horror fantasy. Right. And get out. If it has a One. monster, yeah. chances are. It's kind of like creature. Frankenstein was a love story, too, if you right. want yeah. to get technical. Yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's a, I agree. The Shape of Water is fantastic. Uh, the Disaster Artist is incredibly mm -hmm. funny. And I like I have the Blu-ray. I haven't got to crack open all the extra features, mm -hmm. but they have a ton of special features mm -hmm. on there. I mean, Alice and Janie won for for I Tanya, and yeah. it's worth it's worth seeing her performance. Oh my God! You know, yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's like when people are like, "Well, it's her or Laurie Metcalf." You're like, "Well, of the more of you know, Laurie Metcalf was amazing." 
sure. in Lady Bird. But like Allison's, you're, you're like, nah, that cold hearted, just like, that, is she still going to be like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. When you see the film, you're like, yeah, it's hard to believe that people are like that. But you're like, there's something, that, so you've probably met someone a little bit like that, but never went that ice cold. So you're sort of right. like, there's some, there's a level of believability. The parrot to on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, the whole thing. It's all of it. All of it. Call Me By Your Name so. is incredible. Mm-hmm. I felt like uh, Chalamet, I, I would have been happy if he won. I know everyone, it was like, that's the one thing about this year's Oscars is it was kind of boring because you're like, it's uh, that person's going to win that. You, yeah. Literally every single person that you listed won what you thought. Right. Th- but the, the group think uh, they deserve that. But you're like, it would have been cool if this person, like I personally think Chalamet did such an incredible job. He was in Lady Bird, you know, right. but that's, he did a good job in that. But this is transformative. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, this is on another level. This is on that Oscar level. So right. I feel like, look, Gary Oldman got it because he's up for like, he's, well, he's, you know, been doing all this stuff for like 50 years. This guy's his second movie or that, whatever. I you feel know like what? it's that, like that, that, kind of that factors out. into it. It does. Absolutely, Absolutely. It does for so, the voting. And when you do, when you do big prosthetic period piece about a, ma- you know, like an iconic personality. It's Oscar right. bait. Yeah. yeah, it totally is. It's a, a biopic. What? Yeah, Oscar. yeah. <laughs> Makeup. What? Is yeah. It? yeah. Oscar. Here it is. You Historical know? figure. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> and also hasn't won yet. Or oh, yeah. here it is. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. literally, and he deserved it. So yeah. no, no problems about that. I had never saw Ferdinand, and uh, I'm gonna just waiting for the Just League. Uh, you know, the Snyder cut. Mm. That, that'll come out in about ten years. I think no personally that's when I'll buy the Blu-ray because I want to see both versions. Yeah. So that's you know I saw the I saw the movie in the theater. You know, and you know, I'm still. I can't wait to see Wonder Woman two. I can't yeah. wait to see yeah. Shazam. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with uh, Waterman. So you know, I'm 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 all in <laughs> to see all that. What they're yeah. gonna do? You know, yeah. That's the thing about these movies too. Even if we're dreading them, we're still gonna go see them. Sure. So, um, but you know what? I'm not dreading any of those three films. Like, I actually think Shazam's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, Aquaman's the one I'm worried about. Shazam, I think, is gonna be fun. Right. I'm looking Wonder Woman to that. two. That's Wonder Woman two. Yes. Like, she, Patty Jenkins um, got that. It's Aquaman. I'm, I'm thinking. But you know why I'm not worried about Aquaman? Because mm-hmm. of James Wan. Okay. So I feel like James Wan did such a good job at establishing the Conjuring and keeping that feel. And that saw. I feel like if and of course yeah. saw, but if he if he and also the the Fast and the Furious when he did he did a great job at making me like a series that I don't like. I'm not right. a Fast and Furious fan, but I lo- I like that movie that he did. So I feel like as a director, he's able to uh, maintain the story, keep it moving, and create visuals that keep you locked in. So I feel like and he gets good uh, performances from all of his actors. So that's the big thing with Jason Momoa. You want to like look? I don't know if you guys saw Conan with Jason Momoa in it. I did. Yeah, I did too. Unfortunately, that's yes. why I was like, eh. and we had such a, we had such high hopes for it. But I wouldn't yeah. blame him. No, I would blame the direction fault. and the writing, yeah, everything yeah, about yeah. it was the horrible. Producing, yeah, yeah, he was per- he would he would have been the perfect Conan if he was given the right people. Everything, everything else. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I feel like he he's hopefully getting his shot to mm-hmm. do this right with the right script and the right filmmaker. So I feel like I still have high hopes for it. All right. Yeah. All right, the site spotlight and the fan feedback. I got. I got to mention this when I saw this on Facebook. Um, uh, Daniel put a picture of Yoda fighting a Balrog from uh, Lord of the Rings, and uh, saying, "You shall not pass." Mm-hmm. And uh, the response from Stephen Simmons: uh, Yoda would be smoked. Casual fans of the films wouldn't know it, but Balrogs were on par with those of Gandalf and Saruman. They were the generals in Melkor's army, and many of those rode on the backs of dragons into combat. <laughs> 
thank you for the deep Lord of the Rings nerd dive. <laughs> that was the most Lord of the Rings nerd comment yeah. we've had. Thank you ever, so much. Ever, ever. So, do you have any schematics or data yeah, yeah. you could send, submit with that? <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, somehow Yoda was still involved. Yeah, yes. some so sense, like, <laughs> I got to chuck in Yoda, but this is all deep sweat Lord of the Rings style stuff. But Yoda's in here too. <laughs> we do some backwards talking. You thou shalt not pa pass thou shalt not. You know, some Yoda stuff. <laughs> so, Co coming out this week, Tomb Raider. Yeah, Tomb Raider is coming out. I, you know, I'm, I think it's going to be fun. I don't know why I'm saying this. I probably next Tuesday I'm going to be like, oh boy. I don't know why. Let's but put it I, this way: I, the bar is low. Bar is really tomb, low for Tomb Raider. We movies. got Assassin's Creed, Warcraft, all these movies. Are like those are going to kill it. Then you watch the movie, you're like, get me out of here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like disappointing mm -hmm. on different levels. Mm -hmm. You know. Even so, if you're a fan of the game, yeah, you're like, I love you know, what, you know mm -hmm. warrior chopping wood or whatever. So you're like, no, you know, I want to play the game again. Right. Warcraft was just so all over the place. Um, Assassin's I, Creed, the less you can say about it, the better. I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> really a horrible movie. So it's sort of like yeah, Tomb Raider, you're right. There's not much to go. But all the trailers look really fun. Look I like, was literally sitting here going, I'm going to go see this in a food movie. You know what? It's, I'm going to sit in a comfortable chair and have a waiter bring it's me. It's got all yeah. the elements of like a fun female Indiana Jones. Yes. Like yep. that's what could, I like Vikander. That's what they she's should great, be. She's a great actress. And yet it's missed every single time. I I'm, mean, how yeah. many have there been? There have been two or three. There two. There's two. Two, both of Angelina Feels Jolie. like three. Nope, just two. <laughs> right. It's, but they are far along away, too. They're yes. like, the last one mm -hmm. came out like more than 10 years ago. Right. So. Mm -hmm. I'm holding out hopes because, look, she's been in some bad movies, which is not her fault necessarily. But she's a fine actress, and I'm, I'm really excited to see her as an action star. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And see what she can do with it. And it looks, I don't know, I'm... We'll see. I'm yeah, see. Yeah. Right. It's, it'd be interesting to like take Tomb Raider and put it against Raiders of the Lost Ark and see how much dialogue versus how much action she does versus dialogue and how much action Harrison Ford does. Because that movie had so many amazing set pieces and action in it, but it also established Indiana Jones as a character, as an archaeologist, right. and all these things. And that's what's so important with Tomb Raider is you need to establish her as a real character. Right. Because if you don't, she's just a jumping 3D thing. Right. Like, like you know, it's like, yeah. we know that's not real. And the, me personally, I'd like to see way less computer graphic-y little tiny bug creatures jumping around and well, more I'm like gonna, human beings doing stuff. Like I said, I'm going to bring my controller to the screening. So. <laughs> right. You might feel, you might feel like you have to yeah, A, B, yeah, A, B, yeah, A, B. Yeah, yeah. So that's when, I'm out, that's when I throw the controller at the screen right. with frustration. <laughs> And they're like, you're going to tear for that theater. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> and start eating the theater. You know, it's like, go crazy, Hulk out, whatever the fuck I'm going to do. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely not bringing a controller because I'm the, I'm the dude who's throwing it in frustration and never playing the game again. Yeah. You know? And the other movie, um, I'll tell you, great counter-programming, Love, Simon, a coming-of-age uh, story about a, a gay teen coming out. Yeah, and mm -hmm. the trailer especially is fantastic because it's it, it's tackling all these issues while feeling like a John Hughes film. Yes, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. and I've got several friends who've seen it who absolutely identified with it and loved it. So it's, mm -hmm. it feels like wow, that it's about time that a film like that comes out. Huh? I'm Great. all for it. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, straight people have had pr plenty of coming of age movies, right? <laughs> so mm -hmm. why not? We yeah. need more. We need more. Yeah. We need more. Uh, well, all right. I'm yeah. I'm 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 gonna definitely. Wow, that is a super sized show. Boom. Aaron, Aaron, how far did we go on this we one? We went a buck. F 
Nice. Whoa. Yeah, baby. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Always over an hour. Woo. John <laughs> Schnapp making the drive from the sweet uh, Burbank to this is what happens when we keep it in house. When we keep it in Burbank. Yeah. yeah that's what happens. That we, should be a show. On. Keep it in Burbank. Keep it in Burbank. <laughs> yeah. baby, keep you know what happens when you keep it in Burbank. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, John, thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. You, uh, if you guys want to follow me, I'm just at John Schnapp on Twitter, Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's check out can, the movie. Check out the yeah. movie, you guys. Yeah. yeah. The, once again, it's The Death of Superman Lives What Happened. You can find it at tdoslwh.com. I know that's a mouthful, but just type all that shit in and then magically hit the button. You could rent it and immediately see it right now or buy the Blu-ray or come to WonderCon, Go to WonderCon. in a week and a half and uh, booth 121. Or watch me on Collider Heroes. I don't know if you guys watch any of the sweaty shows that I do. Collider, <laughs> I host a show called Collider Heroes, so definitely check it out. It's on YouTube, not YouTube Red. So that means it's free. <laughs> so you can check that out. So. All right. Um, well, guys, the uh, the show, the FNX Comedy Experience, is uh, airing every Friday night now at 9 p.m. if you get FNX. Uh, we just dropped the first episode as a teaser on Facebook. We're not going to be doing that with the rest of the series because we're trying to get a, a streaming deal. Um, so if you're expecting a new episode on Facebook every week, that's not going to happen. But go to if to see if FNX is carried in your area, go to FNX.org. Um and see if it's carried in your area. But every Friday night at 9 p.m. Um, Pacific and midnight Eastern, uh, new episodes drop from now until Jan- uh, June 1st. So episode two is this week, uh, March 16th. Check that out. And of course, we got five more tape days uh, starting March 23rd through April 20th. It's a lot of fun seeing it live. So definitely uh, make the drive and check it out for sure. Yeah, James mm-hmm. Monet was just on episode eight. He was the first ever Simone to do stand-up on uh, American TV. It's cool. We've, we've had amazing comics. It's been this this week. The one that's on FNX is the Ladies of Native Comedy. They're three women, uh, all native. They don't. They don't. They perform individually. They're not like an act. Uh, to, but it's, it's. They're not three blonde moms. They're not three blonde moms. No, they're three women, uh, native stand-up comics. They're hilarious. It's groundbreaking. No one's ever done shows like this and had these these type of voices. If you all you guys listening are comedy fans and you want to hear some new voices in comedy, this show has it. They're talking about stuff that you're not going to see on regular shows. <laughs> I'll tell you that on right corporate now. TV. No, you're not going to see that on corporate TV. So check so. it out. Cool. And uh, I want to mention, too, my uh, graphic novel, Long Ago and Far Away, is almost done. So the Ooh. digital Kickstarter rewards will be going out uh, with probably within a month or so. Nice. So, and then uh, we'll be looking into getting the hard copies out. But it's been a long, long journey. Uh, the artist is almost done. We have five pages left. Nice. I think that's how, that's how close we are. And then the layout. So uh, I want to thank everyone again for the support. Even with the updates, you guys have been great. You're like, hey, man. It's okay. It's taken a long time. You guys have been so supportive. I think it's really um, important to, to let, yeah, I mean, just so you know, it's like to let people finish it at their own time because you can't rush a project. And right. I right. feel like I'm in the same boat with you. I'm finishing this weird verse novel that I that I raised money for last year. I was like, I'll have it done by December. December yeah. passes. I'm like right. trying to yeah. get drawings yeah. done. People are like, where is it? But yeah. it's not only out of the most, I'd say 95% of the people when I do an update, they're like, take your time. I'm in yeah. no rush. Do your thing. Art moves at its own pace. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like that's, you know, that you're five pages away. That's fantastic. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you know, it's a labor of love when you do these things on Kickstarter. And that's just the labor of love in, includes the waiting time right. to get it right. For so sure. That's a pr- yeah. Really so important. it's been, you guys have been great. Thanks again for your patience. That's our show, everybody. Thank you to Aaron and everybody at the All Things Comedy World Headquarters. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han Han shot shot first. first.